Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian, and today we're going to review the film Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. And this film stars Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Catherine Newton as Cassandra Lang, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, and uh, Bill Murray as Lord Kryler, uh, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, and William Jackson Harper as Quaz. I, I think that's how you say it. Um, yeah. But this film is about Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures, and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. So what did you get from the film Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? I think this has got to be the most anticipated disappointment in the MCU so far for me. Wow. I'm not saying I'm not saying the movie was complete trash, but I will say the build up to get to this point in the MCU for the movie to be eh, is is not great. That's just not good. And that's not the movie's fault, I guess. Or maybe it is. Maybe that's me being too much of a Marvel person and into the MCU too deep um, and judging it based on the entire MCU. But it's hard not to do that um, in a movie where the part of the title has nothing to do really with the Ant-Man, but the quantum realm and Quantumania. So um, yeah, that is a general feeling over it i mean it's just something we've always wanted we've wanted king for so long at the loki series and then we've seen the quantum realm bits and pieces and then we're in the quantum realm and and this is what we got <laughs> um so what was the build-up I, I think i missed part of it so i think well so we had um he who remains in Loki. So we have Jonathan Majors. We know there's a bunch of different kinds of kings. We know King the Conqueror is coming as we meet him in this movie. So that's like the big anticipation. No one really cares about Ant-Man alone um, or the Wasp for that matter. Um, really, it was about King. Um, and I get why Ant-Man had to be the character to go into the quantum realm to have King. But I wish it was someone else in a different way even if maybe it should have been the first villain-led mcu movie kang and the quantum realm um and then ant-man finds his way in there at the you know somewhere else in the story he's the main story and that's a good thought as i'm saying it out loud i wish the movie was in reverse i wish we got hope or not hope i wish we got um janet van dyne in the quantum realm with kane the conqueror all that happened there in a huge flashback um, for half the movie. And then maybe we get Ant-Man and them get sucked back in and we can cut out 60% of the movie that we actually saw. And it 
probably would have been a better movie. Um, that's a lot to take in. Um, but that, that's a lot. <laughs> but I will say, I don't totally disagree with you. Now, I, yeah. I did, I did not hate this movie at all. I mean, I, I enjoyed. I would say about sixty to seventy percent of it, but um, hmm. it, it definitely has some problems. I don't think it's terrible. Um, you know, it's an Ant Man film. I, I, mean, I don't think it's as as many jokes as it normally has, you know. No, it went the reverse of Thor and got more serious with each movie. Yeah, um, which is fine, but um, I think uh, Jonathan Majors as King the Conqueror definitely delivered. He is King the Conqueror for me. Like he's yeah, I think that was great. Yeah, he's definitely that that um, that character, and I can't wait to see more of him. And we saw, you know, so many King the Conquerors in this film. And um, I think the general audience does like him, too, um, so far. But maybe not this movie. Uh, But there were some people that came back that kind of ruined some of the the fun of the movie for me. Um, Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about it later. But a certain character comes back from a previous film. That oh, kinda, and that ruined it. Yeah, it, it well, it undercuts what that character is. Not saying that I just love that character, the one that we see in this film. But right, and the di- director is doubling down on his decision for that character. <laughs> <laughs> it's way less menacing. I'm like, oh, this has got to be a huge joke right here. Yeah, it looks so stupid. I mean, he looks stupid just in general, but yeah. it didn't make and it any better. I don't know if you saw it, but some people are saying it's one of the first times in the MCU. Disney has done it before. Other people have done it before. But where they've edited after it's been released. So apparently early films, it looked closer to George Lopez and um, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Or no, was it Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Yeah. Um, That's funny. In newer films, it looks, in, in newer releases, or later releases rather, it looks a little more detailed. But um. But yeah, we got George Lopez. <laughs> Almost spitting image, which I did not realize until I saw a video about that. I was like, oh my God. We've, we've, we've been here before. Like 20. And it 15. looks the same. Yeah, it looks just. I don't know if that means Spy Kids looks great or this looks awful. I think this doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just didn't like that. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it it just took some of the menacing out of that character. Like Even you, if he's goofy, he's a mad scientist kind of goofy, not the kind of goofy that we got. No. I mean, I guess he's the same guy, but I didn't take him seriously whenever we first saw him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. People. Yeah. The writers and the directors are like, get over it. <laughs> yeah well um hopefully it doesn't show up again but um yeah uh it's it's a kind of a a middle of the road movie for me i mean it's it's not like great it's not terrible it's it's okay um i thought uh cassandra lang was gonna be kind of uh bratty but she was fine i mean she wasn't that bad i mean she's acting younger than what she actually is 
Yeah. Yeah, she's 26. I mean, she's acting like she's a teenager. But um, I enjoyed mostly everybody. Um, now, with Jonathan Majors, uh, yeah. whenever he was being really serious and fighting, um, or like once the battle would turn against him, he would get like really sweaty compared to everybody else. It's like they turned up the heat just on him. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, I mean I feel like that's one of his MOs. Him and Sweat is like Viola Davis Viola Davis and Snot. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know that was a thing for him. I don't know that it is, but I feel like I've seen in some of his I mean he does a lot of I mean craft country is, is that's and then he always in Creed. The harder they know. fall. <clears throat> the harder they fall. I don't know if he's sweaty now. He probably they're is. Running, probably they're running around the country. So. <laughs> um, no, I'm a fan. Um, I definitely can't wait to see what he does in Creed Three. But um, yeah, I mean he's a really talented actor. But this film, I just felt like it was missing something. Even though you know I had so much action. Um, I mean nothing special. So many characters. So many characters. I mean. Some of them I, I didn't really care about. Uh, it felt like a side mission in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's very similar to Guardians, or they, they try to make it seem like Guardians with mm. all the different kinds of creatures that you see. Sure. But uh, I mean, you might say it's the same, but I, no, it's not on Guardians level. Of the different characters... Um, I felt like in the Guardian movies, the those other characters are all more serious. I don't know. This one, I felt some of them were very goofy. Yeah, you got like the the octopus guy, the the red yeah. one. Um, I have no idea who was playing that character, but no, I don't know. And what was that thing? It, it's it shot like some kind of laser out of his face. It's almost like a, a oh, right. light, a, a lighthouse light. Right. I don't know if that has a name. <laughs> it looked nice. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, I don't think it spoke or anything. No. And I feel like also, like, and we'll get into the plot. There's not much plot. Essentially, Cassie builds a device that signals the quantum realm. Um they get trapped in the quantum room because of this device as Modoc, this character from MCU or, or Marvel Comics lore, um, brings them as he is now, he is a henchman of Kane the Conqueror down there. Um, and they're just trying to get home. That's it. <laughs> That's really the story. <laughs> they, get, they get sucked to the quantum room and they got to get out. And they do. And they win, or maybe they don't. We don't know yet. But we don't. Yeah, I was hoping for more from the story as we were going along. But I was like, ah, th this is going to be it. Like, this, this is not any <laughs> more to clock. the story. Uh, that's already getting on this one. Uh, <laughs> we get Cassie in her shrinking and her shrinking suit. So we get more of that. I think she goes by a different bug as a character. But they haven't named that yet in the MCU. Forget what it is. Um, 
Yeah, she but, makes a huge mistake. I mean, she pretty much commits a crime by shrinking this um, police car and then gets in, in prison or jail, I guess. Right. Gets right. bailed out. And then she meets or they, they all meet up. Everybody um, like Hope Van Dyne, uh, Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne and also Scott Lang. I mean, they're getting together talking. She's talking about her invention with the quantum realm and how she sent the signal. But Janet Van Dyne is like, you shouldn't mess with the quantum realm. Um, I told you all to leave that alone. But I was just wondering, why couldn't she have told them about all this stuff? Like, yeah. And, and some people argue that it's kind of like PTSD or like, I went to war, I don't want to talk about it. But you're right. It is a it is a big switch from her attitude really in all of Endgame where they're jumping in and out of the quantum realm and she just doesn't say a word. Was she there? Did she show up? I don't think she was in those movies. No. (laughs) I mean, she would be the quantum expert, which is interesting. Yeah, and they almost act like this is the first time that they've gone down there or just use that kind of thing. Yeah, and I saw someone defending the movie, and they had some good points. And they said, "Well, this is different because this was a beacon, so someone could have heard back." And she, but she knew with the time travel stuff, they were going past the city, or they weren't going that deep, or so it, it's different. <laughs> okay, I guess. I feel like if I went to war in Syria, and I knew someone who was traveling to the Middle East and they said, we're going to fly, I don't know, geography, but we're going to fly to Egypt and we're going to drive through Syria to get to the country the other side. I may caution them about driving through Syria because I went to war there. But she thought nothing of it when they drove through the quantum realm to time travel. Until now. But even in this movie, they constantly bring up to her, you know, we're working on stuff around the quantum realm and we would like to know, you know, what do you think about this? Right. And she says, no, I don't want to talk about it. What? Why wouldn't you warn them? You know that there's this dangerous person down there that could potentially mess up everything. Why wouldn't you say something? Right. That's yeah. That that's a, that's a Avenger level threat. She should have reported that to, to Nick Fury or something. I mean, <laughs> What? I mean, just a little conversation. This movie doesn't happen. Right. Just be like, hey, um, or I guess he was dusted. So maybe maybe even Iron Man. Just be like, hey, um, there's this guy down there. All right. His name is Kang. Probably shouldn't let him out. Don't let him see you. Why? Because he will end the universe. Um, no biggie. Just make sure you don't, you know, Hit that one city in there. Bad things could happen. So, and really, he's They're, stranded, right? And I even think had they done more planning, which is crazy because they do so much planning, but it would have been an interesting note had she been in the movie and just said at some point to one of them, "Be careful down there," you know, just or or and wait, you know, or um, you know. It's fine if he uses technology to travel this way, but just so you know, there is a grave danger that exists in the quantum realm that must never be unleashed. 
I knew that line could have been done. Yeah, I mean that that's enough right there. But no, she wants to stay quiet and say nothing. Right. Until it's too late and Cassie's already working on some kind of um beacon down there. I'm not sure what her goal was. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> but right from there they get sucked in right away. It's like honey, I shrunk the kids too. How'd you do this again by accident? You know, how are you just messing around with the quantum room in your free time, just sending beacons down there? And why are we proud of that? Because <laughs> Grandpa, original Ant-Man's like, yeah, we just thought it'd be fun. Yeah, it's, it's almost like he just threw his brain out the door. Right. <laughs> Haven't you worked on this kind of stuff before? Right. And the fact they keep asking her 30 minutes in the movie, you know, what happened down here? You got to talk to us. I'm protecting you. You don't need to know the truth. <laughs> For what? Just, just, just explain. Just explain. We don't need all this. If you just started with, there's a guy down here. The only black guy in the entire quantum realm, actually. It's two of them. All right. <laughs> there's one who can read your mind, and there's one who's going to end the world. All right. You'll know which is which. Like she, <laughs> she could have said that immediately. With <laughs> that man. There's only two black guys who live here. One of them is awful. That's <laughs> it. Them. That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, she, she's acting like if she goes and tells them, you know, what happened, they're going to be shot on the spot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I also, since she made it so dramatic, I wish they would have shown what she did other than help him get his powers but also when she was working with him or fighting against him with the resistance as a spy i think that would have been a good movie i think this that would have been a great opportunity to do a flashback movie as opposed to black widow <laughs> yeah maybe like the villain movie right i think that would have been great and maybe that means ant-man's of the star you can still call it an ant-man movie i guess um but we could have had the original Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't know. I mean, really, it, it could just be, you know, I, I think you mentioned it earlier about him just being the side character in that movie because right. Ant-Man as a whole has not made a whole bunch of money for the MCU. I think it's one of the lowest box offices for, I guess, any franchise. Um, and I think this will probably be the last one. <laughs> The actress who plays um, Evangeline, the, or who plays the Wasp, said she thinks it's time for a Wasp movie. About what? I mean, it's, this one? we've got enough. <laughs> I mean, she she can show up in other stuff. That's fine, but I'm not sure what a, what other story there is to tell that people will I'm come not back. I'm not sure why she needs to show up in other stories. I mean, she, I guess she handed the gauntlet off during that girl power moment in Endgame, but. Or, or Infinity War one, but um, as far as her own story, I don't really know how that'd be interesting. Like, what villains does she have? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> um, I think she'd make a better Avenger than Ant Man. She's actually smart and tactical. 
yeah. she could be a great asset to the team, I think, more so than he was. Which is why I've always interested in why she didn't. Like Civil War, for example, I think she would have had a a better impact from that movie. Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but um, we can actually get into Kang the Conqueror's story. Um, yeah. So pretty much all of his story that we see is a flashback with um, Janet Van Dyne and Kang the Conqueror. So she pretty much saved him. Um, he had been banished to the quantum realm. And um, I mean, we found out later on that he was banished to the quantum realm by uh, other versions of him. You know, um, if you watch the Loki series, you saw that um, this is when Kang first showed up. He talked about how he had battled himself through multiple timelines over many, many years. And, you know, it led him to this one point in time um, in the Loki series. But everything kind of just reset after that. Um, but this Kang that we have in this film, um, he's banished there. His uh, suit and ship are all destroyed. But Janet Van Dyne, she helps him out, helps him build himself back up, uh, helps him build his um, kind of like an orb, like time travel thing. It's a power source. Yeah. For it to work. It's a power source for him to time travel and use his powers. Um, or maybe just the time travel. I'm not sure. Because I think he was able to use his powers outside of that. Hmm. But um, well, I think someone had said they. And if you think about it closely, he doesn't really have any powers. He's just very smart. So he was like, he charges up like the thing he used to for telekinesis um, seems more like a device than an actual power um, and energy that he uses turns his face the color. So um, as opposed to the comics, I think it seems as though here he's just smart. And it makes him sweat a lot. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Hot in that suit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that dude was just profusely sweating. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, she helps him build himself back up. And then all of a sudden, so his, I guess the power source to his ship is connected to his mind. And whenever she's putting the power source back into the, the I guess, kind of like thrown area of his ship, she's able to able to see what he what I guess what he was thinking or some of his past things that he's done and she saw that right. he had been just destroying things destroying other realms um universes yeah I mean just a conqueror um so she tries to grab the power source for herself um and tries to stop him and destroys the power source with, uh, I don't know what they call those things, but maybe a shrinker. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she just mixes those together and just blows up. And he's stuck down there while she runs away. Um, and I wish we got more of the connection of what happened in between there for her to get to where she got back to seeing... Um, Hank Pym and Scott Lang and Hope yeah. Van Dyne. Cause I was thinking that he helped her get back there, mm. but 
there's still a gap in between there. Well, and I'm trying to remember back to the Ant-Man movies, how she exactly returned. I think they just, they, there was some kind of um, machine that they built. Like they were trying to test something. Right. And she was kind of speaking to them, I guess, from the quantum. Right, world. right. And she was just kind of just floating around. Well, not really floating, but just in nowhere, really. Really. Right. So it, it's still vague. There's a gap there. Um, but she pretty much just left from that point, was able to get back to um, the normal realm that she's used to. And um, she never wants to speak about it again up until this point. <laughs> just because. Just um, and now this guy is ready to destroy everything or in his mind make things right is it oh yeah okay you're right yes 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 um the the perfect timeline of events it's interesting i mean it who knows how long he will be around um how long he'll be affecting things in the mcu i think it's i'm glad it's him I'm glad that they're using this character to do it. I think it'll be awesome. And it only means we're going to see more and better from him in every movie after this. Um, this just had to be the first one. Yeah. Um, he's really different compared to Thanos because Thanos, we just had a little sneak peek of him in the first Guardians movie. Um, and then we had all of them in the last two Avengers films. But in this, we're seeing him really early and sprinkled throughout. I mean, for this one, pretty much half of the movie. Uh, but I like seeing that. You know, you see the growth of the character up until we get to the next Avengers film, whenever that is. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think they announced it, right? The date, um, I don't know, but they do have the listing of like. Oh. Something dynasty. Let me see. Hang dynasty. Yes. Phase six. Let me see. Phase five is what? While you're looking that up. Um... Yeah, this was the first film in phase five, I think. Quantum Mania. Um, we have the series Secret Event, Secret Invasion next. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, volume three, right? Yeah, in May. That's the next one. In May, right? Echo um, is another thing on I think Disney Plus. Um, it's summer twenty twenty three, Loki season two. So we may see another kind of Kang potentially um, in Loki season two, and then we have the Marvels, um, July twenty eighth. I'm excited for that one. I think the world. Who knows what it's going to be like or about? I think there were some reshoots recently. People were expecting to see a commercial for it during the Super Bowl. It didn't happen, but um, so we'll see what that looks like in July. Then we have Blade, November. Iron That's this Heart. year. Yeah, November twenty twenty three. Wow, I didn't realize that. So long. Yeah, and then Ironheart on Disney Plus. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, um, in the winter, perhaps twenty twenty four. Um, and then Daredevil comes back in the spring and Captain America, the new world order May 3rd of 2024 and the Thunderbolts July of 2024. So um, 
I think Kang Dynasty is phase six, but it's still pretty far down there. So they're, they're planning it out real far. Um, and it's so far out, of course, it could change. Um, but I think what's announced is perhaps a Fantastic Four movie in late 2024, not till 2025 for K- Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. And then um, in the same year, they're saying Avengers Secret Wars. Oh, wow. They, they've definitely um, ramped up on the movie production because it used to be I mean, this two movies. <laughs> it used to be two movies a year, then three. Now we're just getting so many things. I mean, I can't even keep up. Um, they got money. We keep giving it to them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as for this film, yeah, Kang, he's the big bad in this film. Um, and we do meet some other people before this or before she tells the story of how she met Kang. So, um, Bill Murray's character, Lord Kryler, he is an old friend of, uh, Janet Van Dyne. And, um, while she was gone, Kang pretty much swayed him to his side and, uh, he wants, he wants, uh, Bill Murray's character to bring Janet Van Dyne, Scott Lang, Hope Van Dyne, Hank Pym, and Cassie Lang all back to him so they can fix his um, power source so he can time travel. Um, But he pretty much leaves the the movie as soon as he comes in because he gets eaten up by something that he was eating (laughs) because they made it grow. Oh, right. Some kind of squid-like thing. Um, but the character that I did not like was Modok. <laughs> the mechanism only designed for killing. Right? Yeah, so, something like that. Um, yeah, normally only, only designed for killing. Yeah, normally an Iron Man villain. Um, I was wondering yeah, his whole when, story was changed. Yeah, I was wondering when he was gonna show up. I mean. He is pretty, I think, iconic to, I mean, most cartoon watchers and comic fans know about MODOK. But for this, I did not like the turn that they took. So the the person who is MODOK is Darren from the first Ant-Man film. Right. The the villain. Yellow Jacket, who is his own villain in his own right, who... I guess, I mean, who cares about him in the future anyway? I guess he's a side villain, but <laughs> he's not he's really bad. a villain, though. He's supposed to be an alter ego of Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, that's but, true. I forgot what, about they changed that, too. Yeah, in the comics, that's what he is. But That's he's... right. <laughs> that's what really should the old Ant-Man, Michael Douglas, should have been, the Yellow Jacket. Yeah. But from in that film, you know, he just kept shrinking because his suit got messed up. And um, uh, Kang, him and his, um, I guess his troops, kind of like um, the, what do you call them in Star Wars? The um, uh, stormtroopers. Yeah, the stormtroopers. That's pretty much what they are because they are useless. Um, they help him uh, get this metal body after he's shrunk down into this, <laughs> almost like a baby would just like 
Right, his little flailing legs. Uh, I did think that, that part was, was funny. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Modoc, he just is a weird-looking character, just in general. But I thought that he was more menacing when I knew that he wasn't Darren. I, I think that's what his name was. Right. Or the Yellow Jacket. That's Right. But yeah, I, I I just didn't like the choice of changing that character to him. He just was a joke the whole time. Yeah, and I don't even mind it being because they changed it so much. I don't even mind it being the the former Yellow Jacket, but him being so goofy, like there's not an explanation as to why he's goofy. Um, and the original Modok, I mean, he he's smart. Um, he's that he's kind of like Eggman scientist wise from Sonic, but um, he was a smart villain, very capable villain, his own villain. Um, yes. Him having a huge face is <laughs> something that's hard to translate to, to, um, to the screen, but even, I mean, he had a face plate in this, but he didn't use it that much, but even that face plate made it more Modaki. Um than just his fleshy face um, that really didn't have much detail change from his real face. It also just was not done well because it looked like a projection of his face. To me, it looked like... Rather it, than an act creature. Yeah, to me, it, it looked like he was just really close to the camera and they were just recording right. it. Right, instead of like building in this fleshy creature, I guess, like the Hulk's face, um, I think that would have been perhaps better. Um, because Modok also is like his iconic smile or all the teeth that he has, um, they really didn't do that because it's just a blown up version of his face as opposed to this weird thing. So it's interesting. His his metal face plate saves him a little bit, but his face after that doesn't. And also, um, what makes him so bad is um, because he gets so goofy um, and so unserious so quickly, doesn't make it that, that great. And someone had, I was watching someone and they said, perhaps it looks so bad because the angle at which he was filmed was often straight on when most characters in the movie and, and movies in general, you don't look, they don't look directly at the camera where their face is flat. They're talking from an angle. So he really wasn't seen at an angle much, with nature, which made him weird. When he was dying, he looked the best because he didn't have the bar over the top of his head and it was from an angle. So it was interesting choice. It was a bad choice. <laughs> I, I really didn't like it, and um, yeah, not a great one. He was just a joke. You should have kept kept the faceplate on, and um, we, we didn't have to know it was that character. I, I guess it made it more per personable, but still. And really I think it care. also it's upsetting because we didn't have to have Modok in this movie. His no. history has nothing to do with the quantum realm or Kang. And also, he does die in this movie, so yeah, <laughs> it really didn't matter. Right. 
They just, eh, we we had a character for years. Eh, we'll throw him in there. Oh well. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh well. Um hope you enjoyed it. Um right. <laughs> but uh yeah. Um he, he does kind of um help both sides because uh He's pretty much helping uh, Kang the Conqueror for the most part. He's kind of like his lackey. Um, but also Kang doesn't really treat him well. He kind of just... Right, talks. he treats him like like a, like a dodo bird. Like <laughs> the goofy sidekick henchman, which is really beneath Modoc. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't take any of that. I mean, he's, I mean, he's more robotic. Um, but he would attack Kang. He doesn't care who he is. Right. But in this, he's just a joke. He's just the little sidekick. He's just happy to be there. I could see a better version of this if they don't want to go with the original storyline. Being something like Ultron, some mad scientist downloaded Ultron's essence somehow into his psyche and he's a cyborg. He got really deformed in an accident. I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> it was funny how um, whenever they picked him up with the machine hands and then <laughs> dropped him right, in a little right. stuff. <laughs> I was like a little dangling. <laughs> right. It's like his whole body was it just was... a big head with, with dangling right. arms and legs. A goose egg. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Very unserious. Um, I mean the character is a joke just in general just how he looks but still this was just too far it was too much for me Um, but I did enjoy Kang Um, so Kang comes to a certain point where uh, Scott Lang and Cassie Lang he finds them and he uh, recruits them to help him or pretty much forces them. So he, he pretty much says, uh, if you don't help me, Scott Lang, I'm going to kill your daughter over and over until you want to kill yourself, <laughs> which is right. brutal. Right. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, <laughs> over and over, uh, just rewind in time. Dark man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not his first time. Um, right. But uh, Scott Lang, of course, he agrees. And uh, he has to go into kind of like the crash site of where the power source has been just uh, floating around. And he has to shrink all the way down to the middle of it. And what happens in the middle of this is multiple or he, he starts to multiply, but it's like. I'm trying to see how to explain it. It's more of like possibilities of what could happen. Right. Those those multiples of him are possibilities, and not uh, quite variants, more so possibilities. Yeah, and they keep multiplying, and he's getting confused on what to do. <laughs> uh, but it creates an army of ants. Yeah, um, to the point where he's able to reach the middle of the power source and throw one one of the little shrinkers on it, but it doesn't really help. Uh, but at the same time, um, 
Hank Pym, uh, Janet Van Dyne, and Hope Van Dyne. They're all on the way, um, and somehow they're able to get in contact with uh, Scott Lang, uh, I guess because of proximity, and she just jumps right into action, uh, Hope Van Dyne, and helps him out. Now, I'm just wondering why she decided to help him do this thing. Hmm. You're not going to ask any questions? Like, your mother just told you about this story. This is the reason why she got out of there. <laughs> yeah. Why would you help him create his power source? Hmm. <laughs> like, she's not going to ask any questions. Like, oh, why are you doing this thing? Scott Lang. No. Now, if you do fast forward to the end of this film, um, they do need that to get back home, but they don't really talk about that. No. Um, motivations in this one are strange, and they're not what people had assumed they would be. Um, yeah, it's a weird way for the story to go forward. Yeah, because um, they had... or. He asked Scott Lang to help him shrink it so it could, I guess, uh, go back to its original form. Um, right. But Hope Lang Don, she just jumps in there and just helps him out. And Kang, now he's fully powered right after that. Now, somehow they're able to defeat him. Um, I felt like it was like he should destroy them. Yeah, like, he should. They definitely made they depowered him for the end scene or the big fight because I mean he was just when they, when they were in the cells he was flying him around with just literally a flick of the wrist and all of a sudden he's going blow for blow. Scott Lang <laughs> is a normal human. <laughs> yeah, just turn his insides to his outsides. Right, he's done. Right, he just has freaking technology, but he is just a regular man. <laughs> when he's punched in the face, it's well, I guess Kang is also just a regular man, but he could have used his power, his technology. Yeah. Um, because I think after this, he kind of just hides behind his wall or his, his fortress and lets his uh stormtroopers go out there and fight everybody, right? As a rebellion starts to happen because um, Cassie she um breaks her way out from the stormtroopers and goes and saves one of the people that she met earlier and, you know, is an uprising. But still, he should have destroyed them. Like, it, it shouldn't have been uh, a challenge because he said, yeah. you know, I've beaten Avengers before. I mean, Ant-Man, yeah, he could turn big and small, but still, he's not one of the strongest. No, not not by a long shot. Um, he's more like technical. I mean, that ability can really throw someone off, but strength? No. I mean, he's in his 50s. Even as a character, he's the father of a late teenager or early or young adult, so he's much older. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he should have destroyed them, but um, he does get defeated, 
and uh, they were able to throw him into another broken power source, and he, right. I guess, um, is infinitely shrinking, maybe? Um, either infinitely shrinking or at least shrinking inside the power source, but he will probably just have a bunch of possibilities, which would lead to him being able to work himself out more than likely very quickly. Yeah. Um, but he's also stopped by like um, everybody else. Like they, they open up a portal back to Earth and um, they're about to jump through. So Hank Pym, Cassie and uh, Janet Van Dyne are able to get through and also Hope. And they're waiting on Scott Lang. Um, but he's holding off Kang. And Kang, you know, he beats up Scott Lang. Beats him up pretty badly. Really should have killed him. Um, yeah. But Kang, he's about to go into where Earth is. But he gets shot by one of the wasp, one of her blasts. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, what does your suit protect? Yeah. That that little sting should not blast you all the way back like that. If you've defeated or defeated other Avengers, right. I'm pretty sure they were way stronger than that. Other Thors. Yes. Yeah. Iron Man. They should be like ants. More like stepping up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They did. I mean, they, they got every single break. But um, we do get, I mean, everybody does get home and um, we do get a scene with a whole bunch of other Kings, but more specifically the Kings that banished the King that we saw throughout most of this film. Um, and some of them look kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of different designs and I don't know. I mean, we'll probably never hear the explanations for it, but interesting. Yeah. And also there's like a crowd of other Kangs. Um, kind of like the main Kangs and then all the fringe Kangs. But they're all just as smart because they're King. Yeah. Uh-uh. But it looks like they're going to um, try to stop the Avengers or whoever's going to stop them from earth um, before they dwell back into the quantum realm, because they don't want any kind of interference. And I guess they see them as the biggest threat. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Oh, also there is another cut scene or not cut scene um, <laughs> post credit scene where, uh, Loki, uh, he was the first one to see Kang. Um, and I think they're watching a movie or something. And uh, Kang shows up. I'm not sure if it's a movie or if there's if it's a play. Oh, um, I think it was like like some kind of road show. OK, well, he sees Kang and he knows you know, the history, you know, everything kind of resets. Um, But I'm kind of wondering why everybody else doesn't really know about this guy. 
because at the end of the Loki series, mm-hmm. it showed that Kang had taken over everything. Like it well, was I would have, it's. I think it's some. It's another. It's either somewhere far back in time or another branch timeline that that particular Kang. Don't know which Kang it is. If it's unique to this series or one of the Kangs in the movies or the King that we just saw, the Conqueror, um, who has probably gone back in time before anything anything really happens um, and does this. Some people think that maybe this is the Kang that starts the TVA. Um, and that's why the TVA is such an old style um, because it was, it was being built since the 40s through time. Okay. I mean, I, I was thinking it was the one that we saw throughout the film, the one that Loki saw. Yeah, it could be. Um, but how they drew as many possibilities, you don't really know. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see more in the second season of that series. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to see more King. He yeah. was definitely the best part of the film. Oh, for sure. This was definitely... I mean, even though it should have had more of him in it, it was definitely Kang's movie. Yeah, uh, go ahead and push Ant-Man and the Wasp to the side. Um, not saying that I don't care about them. I, I don't care about them as main characters. Yeah. <laughs> They're good side characters, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the last one. <laughs> oh, gotta be. Yeah. I don't know what the story they can tell. Nothing. I mean, I think the box office kind of tells you. I mean, I think it's around like 360 million right now. Somewhere around there. And that's not a lot for being out for what, at least the last couple of weeks. Right. The box office, the U.S. is made $519.2 million. Oh, I guess I'm looking at the wrong website. <laughs> is it a flop? Uh, well, yeah, look at the budget. Ticket sales down 69%. Biggest second weekend drop in the franchise's history. I don't know how much it cost them to make it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say... Okay, the budget was $200 million, So they made some of the money back. Or they, I mean, they made the money back. But the kind of growth you would hope for um, didn't quite do it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of rounding out to where the other Ant-Man films made. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can expect too much out of this franchise. Like you, you got to get somebody else in there. I mean, there's so many other characters that you can work on. Yeah. And they're not explicitly named in the rest of the, you know, phase five or phase six. So um, it looks like we're not going to get another, at least in the near, at least the next three years, uh, Ant-Man led thing. Um We'll probably see more of Cassie in the future with the Young Avengers popping up at some point. Um, 
but yeah, just side character status from here on out. <laughs> yeah, that's how it should be. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get some Fantastic Four, some um, uh, Fantastic Four done right. We have yet to right. see that. <clears throat> but um, that, uh, I guess a reboot of the X-Men. Um, I guess if we have to. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a while. I mean, probably after the Kang Dynasty film, because I don't, I still don't think they announced anything about X Men yet. Um, no, I mean, we know we know Wolverine's going to be in Deadpool. There could be others. Is that going to be separate, like not exactly connected from or connected to um, the rest of the movies? Um, I don't know. Remains to be seen. I think it won't be connected. I mean, maybe a, a little bit, but not a whole bunch. I mean, it's probably going to be like a street level type of film. Yeah, street level kind of film, but we could still see characters from those movies, actors from those movies in it. Because we don't really know why. We know Hugh Jackson is playing them, but we don't know if it, it'll just be the actor playing him again or if it'll be an actual connection to those movies. It'd be kind of hard to connect. I mean, I'm not it sure would, what it would be about. <laughs> because, I mean, technically, Wolverine does exist as Hugh Jackman in the most recent X-Men run. Because he showed up in... Uh, first class? In, no. Well, he was in first class, yes. But he was in the third one as well. The Phoenix. Or no, was it the second one? Because he they oh, let him out, remember? Yes. Um mm-hmm. I don't was it Dark Phoenix? I think it was. What was before what? that? Oh, that was Apocalypse before that. Yeah. No, no, I think it was Apocalypse. That makes more sense. It was Apocalypse. So yeah, and then you have the Essex Corpse and Apocalypse. So if they didn't reboot it they would be able to stick with oh it's so confusing because of days of future past <laughs> because in days of future past i mean we had mackable and we have uh we, we have we have uh patrick stewart it's best. gosh they, it's so confusing so you could technically you could have holly bear you could you could not have holly bear if you wanted you could just you could just have both which is weird. I think it's best if they just leave that in the past and um another they... reboot. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, I think that they're gonna make it to where it's gonna be such a like so much time in between that last film and whenever mm. the next one comes out. Most people are I, I wouldn't say forget, but they're not gonna think about it. No, they're gonna know. It's gonna be upset. <laughs> upset about what? I mean, I think people were upset on, at the last That's one. That's true. That's true. And people were also <laughs> upset with the first ones too. I mean, they didn't think it did the justice either. So, I mean, there's definitely some good X Men films in there. Yeah. I mean, I like X Men Origins. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the worst. 
and that messes up Deadpool's thing. So technically, Deadpool was in that, I guess. Yeah, he was. So, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it's hard because you're like forcing it to connect, but it doesn't. But the MCU does. It, they can make some one-offs. I think they could. DC is taking that model. They have yeah. their the, the DCEU and then the the other worlds. I'm not sure what they have. Um I looked at them explaining it. Um what's his face? James Gunn. So you have the DCEU and then you have other I think they call it other world where the one-off stories, so the Joker, the Batman, and those movies, they were in a different universe. But the traditional DCEU is things like Shazam, the Superman movies, Justice League, the Flash movies. And the Flash is supposed to fix it all. So you understand what's DCEU. So they're going to rely on one movie to fix everything that they've messed up. That's why it's taking so long. (laughs) They have a trailer. Yeah, Um, I saw it. I mean, it it looks like it'll be interesting, but how long are they going to keep that actor? He's in it for the long haul. Ezra Miller? He's got nothing else to do. No, but I'm saying he's been in a lot of trouble. Oh, in the real world. You're right. I feel like James Gunn is forgiving because of what happened to him. But then you just screw the guy who played Superman. He never got a fair shot. Never got a fair shot. Yeah. He just had one Superman movie and then Batman came and pushed him out the way for the second one. And Justice League was just a huge failure that he barely showed up in. And it's he never got a fair shot. I get people a lot of people like Superman though. He said people like the way that he was done. The movies weren't great, I guess, but they I think a lot of people still did like the character of Superman. Um <sighs> So they liked what he did in those movies? I think they liked what he did in those movies. They just wished that he could do more, but the way the story was written, I guess he can't. Um, Or he could, because he did come back. So that's fine. Um, So yeah, I think people... And then it's also hard because movies made so much money. Like, they weren't really a failure. Um, No, Justice League was a failure. Money-wise? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it made like three hundred something million on. Mm. Uh, I can't remember how much um, the budget was, but I think it was mm. at least the same amount or more than what they spent. And they also had all the reshoots because of the mustache mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Right, right. <laughs> I can't believe they try to sell that movie. Come on. Yeah, um, we'll see if we have a, a reshoot when it gets to Disney Plus. If we have a reshoot with Modok and his face <laughs> looking different, no, I, 
it's already messed up. And I don't mean just the way it looks. I mean, just the path that they took. Yeah, it's an unfortunate casualty. (laughs) Yeah. um, Hopefully Guardians is really good. Um, And we can move on from this one. And also the Marvels and uh, everything else that comes after. Um, But let's go ahead and give this one a rating. So the lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise. And the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the film? Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I would rate this at a very low background noise. Because <laughs> if it was in the background, I might change the channel. <laughs> but it's not trash because we got Kang and it was great. But that's about it. It was funny at times. But I just didn't like it didn't like the colors didn't like a lot of the characters didn't like the story yeah didn't like it I would agree with most of that I mean I'm going to give it a mid-level background noise just because of Kang and uh, what he brought to the film yeah Um, but the rest of it didn't all come together well some of it really didn't make any sense um and ant-man i mean he's a good character but not as the main attraction uh and (laughs) i think this is it i think we've had enough yeah and maybe he's good as the main attraction against low-level crime spider-man type well i guess old spider-man type not necessarily new spider-man but um because the second movie, I didn't think Ant-Man himself was a problem. Ghost was weird. The story was a bit weird, but I thought Ant-Man was in his realm. It's whenever it's in these big level topics, I guess. These big stories, big characters. He just doesn't measure up. Yeah, I mean, there's no way he should have been able to beat Kang in this. But, um, no. you know, somehow they made him do it. This this should definitely be it for Ant Man. Yeah. A lot of people have thought that Ant Man was going to die in this movie because <laughs> they want to get rid of him. Well, they thought that maybe he would sacrifice himself for them to get out. Kind of pull a Black Widow. Yeah, um, but I don't think they set that up. But yeah, I mean, hey, it's uh, it's an okay film. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going back to watch this right now, but um, I think uh, this will give Marvel the idea that people don't want to see this or see Ant Man that much. I think they know. <laughs> they just need to get Kang in there, and for to for it to be a film where the villain having that much screen time wasn't going to take away from the hero. Yeah, um, but he can be a good side character. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but any other thoughts about this film? No, that doesn't for me. All right. I think that does it for us at Any Reviews. Thank you, everybody, for listening. 
Make sure to check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which are all linked in the description. And if you want to send us a message, click the message link to get featured on the show. And thanks for listening.